There seems to be a sentiment amongst many community members we've been speaking to about the state or rather the threat of alleged child abduction and which could potentially even uh, result in child trafficking. A very good afternoon to you. Welcome to Newsbreak Talk with me, Tadeesh Hari Prashad, and we are discussing this issue in detail today. There's been some, I think, widespread concern. Many uh, residents have been um, complaining to us about um, you know, the lack of safety, they say, that exists around um, schools or wherever their children are. A lot of concern coming through uh, about child, you know, abduction that could potentially take place, some suspicious vehicles being um, identified, some incidents taking place. So in order to actually understand the crux of the situation and not just have a, um, a general... Um, general discussion about it we wanted to get some cases and, and actually understand this in terms of its actual experiences so the principal at asagai primary school south of durban odette abrahams explains that the pupils at her school have cited three incidents of suspicious activity outside their school she says a white vehicle was stationed outside and around the school and the occupants inside tried to lure the learners the matter has been reported to police abrahams explains what happened there was no kidnapping that, that took place, nor was there an abduction of any kind. But learners were waiting for their transport on Tuesday, last week Tuesday. Noticed a white Toyota Hilux bucky standing outside the school. They described it as having tinted windows and that there were two occupants. They could not see who was in the back seat and that the man... Apparently, the passenger wound on the window and they thought or they said they saw what appeared to be a syringe in his hand and they were all afraid and they ran back into the school. And when other transporters came to collect the children, the bucket then drove off. So they then reported that incident on the Wednesday to me. Uh, after that, we questioned the learners, and then we did find out that the week previously, another, another learner reported that while they were in a street called Bonwa Avenue, going on uh, uh, to their catechism classes, uh, uh, they described the bucky as being the same bucky, passed them, but this time did not have any number plate on it. And then the bucky reversed and uh, somebody was attempting to get out of the one of the doors. And when they saw that, they ran into the convent that is there at um, uh, in Bonba Avenue. And then on, on Thursday, we also had an incident where one of our learners stated that they had seen the same bucky, but this time it had a canopy on it. And they were parked outside the, the Austerville School Library. And as children were going past, they were allegedly taking photographs on their cell phone of these learners. Have you opened so, a case? All that has been reported. So ever since, the police have been patrolling and they are parked out at our dismissal times. And of course, we have stepped up our security. No learners allowed to be outside of the school premises. They are all now being housed in an extended waiting area. And as, as it always was the case, our teachers escort the learners right down to the gate and we also have a security guard in place. We are also in the process of having cameras which were sponsored uh, to us by an anonymous donor. Uh, it will be cameras along the whole length of that road behind the school as well as the circle where the transporters collect our learners. I want to ask you about the transporters collecting learners. Yes. Um, oftentimes, you know, we understand that these learners wait for their lift clubs either in the morning or in the afternoon. Um, explain to me how this process could be better managed to ensure that these learners who are waiting are more uh, secure. The learners are no longer standing outside of the school premises waiting. Extended the waiting area. So uh, learners are separated now. Those who are pedestrians who walk home, we have asked parents to also ensure that they actually put in place something uh, where the, the learner himself or herself is collected by somebody. If there is nobody, they've, we've also uh, had assemblies and meetings to tell the learners to walk in groups. Uh, but uh, we have separated our learners. Those whose transport is immediately visible, 
under supervision, they board their transport. Those if the, uh, where the transport is not there, they have to wait in the waiting area, and the transporters are now coming to the fence and the gate, uh, visibly showing themselves so that the children can see, that's my transport, I am now going to my taxi room. And, of course, they will tell um, the HOD or the teachers who are in charge on duty there. But one of the challenges we have in Baresh is that these transporters, and I don't think parents are aware, have, have asked learners to meet them at designated spots way outside of the school gate, sometimes down the road, sometimes at the park, uh, where they're waiting on corners and waiting for transporters. So we have informed parents about this in writing. Principal at the Asagai Primary School, South of Durban, Odette Abrahams. Well, these parents of pupils from different schools have also been concerned about their children's safety. They spoke to Newsbreak anonymously and shared their experiences. There was a vehicle that was seen. Basically, it stopped and asked a child to jump into the vehicle. That is what the parent had said. But when I went personally to the principal, he had told me he cannot say that it's true or it's not true. It's not the first time that the child has been left like that, uh, unattended to. It's it's after school hours. And uh, basically, uh, you can say that the transport didn't pitch on time. It's not the first time that this had happened to that child. So we came to a conclusion saying, we cannot give it a death here, but we can be vigilant. So what is the advice that you would like to give based on your experience about being vigilant? We all know that transport is, a, is an issue. Uh, you cannot leave a child waiting for so many hours and be expected, you know what, my child is going to be safe at home. It's not, it's not like called for. And when we say that we need, to, we need to have transport on time, you cannot be doing loads on other schools and expect our children to be waiting like, almost half an hour just to be dropped off at home and then you're going to hear rape happened or they got robbed or they, someone came up and said them to jump into the vehicle like abduction, like kids that are traveling basically in transport is that the transport person needs to be there on time. And if they are late, to send a message to the class say, please keep my child in the premises. I'm going to be running 10 to 15 minutes late. So those were some of the concerns coming through from parents. Now, we spoke to the Department of Basic Education in KwaZulu-Natal and they have called for calm. Spokesperson Muzi Mashlambi says that these cases need to be uh, assessed on its merits and not simply labelled as an example of alleged child trafficking or alleged abduction. He goes on to say that the department cannot ensure the safety of children while they are in their neighbourhoods. We are very much concerned as the Department of Education for people just to cause uh, panic uh, uh, unnecessarily so. We are back to the last uh, situation where uh, people were saying there was a car taking children and stuff like that, which caused a lot of, 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 of chaos and, and havoc in our schools. Um, we are just 47 days away from uh, writing of exams that is metric. We need each and every minute that we have at our disposal. So we can't be entertaining uh, such things. Uh, uh, police are going to be uh, following up these things. And then police have, do have capacity to even follow as to where it initiated uh, this kind of message. And then they will deal with those people. So we are calling for calm. So at this stage then, is the Department of Education in KwaZulu-Natal saying they're not concerned about cases of kidnapping at schools or alleged child trafficking? We are, we are very much uh, uh, concerned if, 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 if indeed that is happening. And it's, it's an untenable uh, situation. Uh, that we will want to 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 have it happen. That is why we are saying uh, people must 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 then consider that these are very serious things that they are just creating stories for the sake of creating them. Because when that actually happens, that a child is kidnapped, it's a painful thing that we will not want to 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 see. So we 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 we, we want to isolate issues so that. 
when that, that happens, you know, together with the law enforcement agencies, we are able to attend uh, to such uh, incidents. Let's move away then from allegations of kidnapping or child trafficking and look at it in its general capacity now. And, you know, in terms of um, one issue being brought to light was the issue of lift clubs and how um, children are, you know, left outside the gate and therefore the control mechanism becomes a little bit questionable. You know, what happens to your child from that from that little space when they are left at a spot to when they get into the school gate? Are you, in fact, having any mechanism mechanisms in place to provide more safety for pupils in this regard. The starting point will be for, for all of us to ensure that uh, children come to school early. And uh, you'll find that uh, the children that uh, get locked out uh, because they, 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 they came out, they came late uh, to school, are children who, who all of us, we, we witness this, that they roam around our communities, uh, uh, to school. Yeah, I don't think the, the the insinuation is that you know the blame is being placed on the department. The issue becomes how does the department work with various other stakeholders and role players to ensure safety of children at all surrounding points en route to school. We are saying uh, children who come early to school, they are always safe. Yeah. What and about when they're leaving, Muzi? I don't know what, uh, what, what makes you to, to adopt this kind of an, of, of an attitude of, of the department is not caring. Because uh, when it comes to children being picked up from school, it's a matter that is between the, the, the service provider or the parent that picks up a, 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 a children. Or when children are walking back to home, uh, these, these children are working within communities where they stay, and the department cannot ensure their safety because these are children of that particular uh, community. So that particular community must take responsibility of the safety of their own children. Well, there you go. That was the official response from the Department of Basic Education spokesperson there, Muzi Mashklambi. Well, according to police spokesperson Nautembeka Mbele, she says schools need to take extra precaution. From the people I've spoken to in the community, many parents and many educators even, they seem to be concerned or on edge about suspicious activities around schools where they suggest that their children are not safe. Are police concerned about this? What I can say is that the, 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 the schools must, must, must uh, lift up the security measures for the children at school, learners. For instance, they must not allow the learners to come out if they, let's say they're working, waiting for the, their transport. They must not allow them to come out of the gate until the transport is there. And, uh, and also the learners must make sure that when they go out, they, they notice, they've, real, they've seen that this is their, their motivation. But also on top of that, the police are there. They're not going to be dead schools, but they are partial in the area as usual because there's crime, crime prevention that is working there. So they are we're, we're driving around to ensure that there's no criminal activity that's taking place in that area. Having said that, have police increased their patrols of security around schools, specifically in the morning and afternoon? No, the police are patrolling their normal patrols because they also we don't even have a lot of incidents of missing persons or abductions there. We have cases of missing persons, but most of them, 95% of them, they come back home or others, they are found still alive. So the police will continue with their normal crime prevention duties. That's why I'm saying to the schools, the schools must ensure that they beef up their security and also the parents to ensure that when they come to fetch their children in time, they have to come and fetch their children. And also the... They must also, the, the tenants must also have a good co- communication with the, 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 the drivers of the transport for their children. And also, the, the lastly, at school, the, if there's a security guard, there, they must make sure that the children are inside the gate until they transport for a specific child come. I think general advice then that you could give to, I think even parents, because what they've been telling us is that they're concerned that, you know, their children, um, you know, could fall in unsafe hands, whether they be at a mall, whether they be at school or at home in their own vicinities. Your advice then from a police enforcement perspective on how to safeguard their children at all times? My advice is at home, the parents must look after their children. They must take care of their children and must, they must know where their children are. They must not uh, visit the house calls while the children are playing outside or doing whatever. They must make sure that the children are always in their eyes. And they must also talk to their teenagers. 
assets not to move around now and again, or if they go, they must say someone in the family must know that someone, the child, a teenager or a child is not in the house. But I'm talking about the teenagers, the children, a parent, the child is the responsibility of the parent. Parent must ensure that the child is safe at home and at school. The parents must, the, the teachers must ensure that the school is their, their security gate and the children are kept inside until the transport comes. And those that are working um, at home, they must make sure that they work in pairs or in groups, not in, 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 in individuals. Could you talk to me about the process and procedure? Should you know any child go missing? How can parents come to police and report this and, and get police to assist them? Done immediately. A missing person is, 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 is reported immediately. It must be reported immediately. It mustn't take days or some days, but it must be immediately. And they, they must come with the latest photo so that when we are circulating that missing person, it's not a, a missing, an old photo, it must be a new photo so that it will be easy for even the community or the people out there to identify the, the, the missing person. Police spokesperson Colonel Tembeka Mbele. Well, there you go. That's the issue. That's the discussion that we've got lined up. When we come back, we go to our panel of experts who are going to take the conversation forward and then we will open up the phone lines and allow you to give your say on this pertinent issue. It's Newsbreak. Talk with me, Tarish, and let's get our conversation moving now. We've got Tami Intimbani from the Amgeni Community Crisis Centre joining me today in studio. Tami, thanks for your time today. Uh, a very good afternoon to you, Taresh, and a very good afternoon to Lotus FM listeners nationwide. And we've got Ismail Mohammed, the General Secretary of the Mayville CPF. Ismail, I know you've been working very extensively in this particular field. Thank you. I just want to correct you there, Mohammed Ismail, the other what? way. I got it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. They, they always get it. But thank you very much for having us here. Um, it's a pleasure, and this is a very important topic, so uh, we need more time, actually. I think that's always the challenge here, but we thank you so much for that. So, yeah, let's take the conversation forward and we'll start with you, Tommy. And I yes. think you've heard what everybody's had to say. There seems to be this little bit of an anxiety, I think it is, about um, increased reports of suspicious people, vehicles around school precincts. We've had some instances where uh, the occupants in the vehicle have called out through to children um, and they're constantly around. And your thoughts about it, because I know your organization works very closely in the, specifically within the child trafficking uh, sector of, of society. Yes, uh, I think it's, uh, we, we should be very fortunate that uh, now the, uh, the public is actually more concerned about these things and uh, people are talking about it, which is a good thing. And also we must also be aware that not all cases are trafficking cases per se. Sometimes it's just a kidnapping case, which is as important. And sometimes I know that we get reports from a whole lot of different people, sometimes from children themselves, which may not be uh, reliable resources, well, reliable sources to speak, but definitely uh, it's, on, it's on a rise. Child trafficking is on a rise. Mm. And I think then, you know, it, it points down to the fact that, and, and I think the nature of what we're talking about here is that it seems like the playground is becoming the suspicious space and that is a, and that is a place where i think you know parents assume they're sending their child so there's their safety their teachers believe that their job is to educate and therefore that's what they focus on so it almost makes the child a bit more susceptible than from a protection point of view yes uh we all have a responsibility to play actually uh not only parents but also teachers so uh, we shouldn't just let other people do our job. You can't, as a parent, and say, hey, teachers have, have got, that, got this under control. And as a teacher, you can't say, no, parents have got this under control. So wherever the parents are, it's everyone's responsibility to know. I was actually listening to, um, to the insert earlier where about, uh, about schools and about transport and everything. You'll find that most of these parents don't even have the cell phone numbers of these drivers. And you'll find that they don't even know who owns the, 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 the taxis. And, yeah. and so, yeah. yeah, so tips there. I think we're going to need to spend a lot of time mm. on that. But I think just talk to me about what is suspicious. You know, we're talking here about um, somebody was suspicious parked outside my school now for three days. What is suspicious? It's very difficult to say because uh, people, a, a suspicious person does not really have a certain look and uh, or a certain, it, you, it can't be just maybe a man or, yeah. or, or a woman because we've had p kids being stolen by women before. So... Everyone is a suspect when it comes to child adoption. Mm. Well, let's shift the conversation now to Muhammad. And I think you've been working from a, from a CPF perspective and also, I think, engaging with a lot of schools in this regard. Um, I want to know from you, 
this this panic you know that that has started you say it's nothing new but why has it come to the surface or to the fore now again i, I think you know with this recent incident of miguel low mm. uh, people have become a little bit more aware of what's going around but i've been i've been involved in cpf for a long long time on school governing bodies and these issues have always been there people have always been concerned about children going missing and i think it's taken a different direction now when it's coming to human trafficking or child trafficking you know it it's con- it's either confirmed or it's not confirmed there's no statistics here from from the state to tell us you know child trafficking there's so many incidents taking place and those there, there were some important things that came up earlier when you were talking about children's safety that uh, in, in schools mm. the school governing body should actually start taking a more active role in 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 trying to keep the children safe because you have a component in the school governing body there and and this is where it, you, you know you join with the CPF yeah. and you 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 in um install certain programs or in, uh, introduce certain programs in schools like stranger danger what do you do how you tech how do you tackle these issues around it uh children need to be made aware of it so there's a whole education process that needs to be followed yeah. so for example when <coughs> excuse me the uh school governing bodies with the uh committees the safety Secu- safety and security committee should should start initiating a program at that level where they should now identify who is the dedicated police officer for the school yeah. what do You've we do you've got a question then if that's happening i mean we decided to we spoke to the department of education and they say it's challenging for them to um you know police children in their neighborhoods um the, uh, you know the, the police are saying they've not increased patrols because they haven't really had substantial statistics like you pointed out or the fact that there haven't been official cases of abduction and um you know too much for them to now um incorporate the resources in a blame game you think police police shifted? can't increase patrols because there's a there's a lack of uh, logistics there's logistic pro- logistical problems that arise with that but the solution comes back to us as parents and as school governing bodies what do we want to do you've got emergency numbers create partnerships with the uh what do you call these guys private security companies in your area uh you can ask them to stand off at a particular time at the school you need to again i think tamio was saying about uh knowing who your taxi drivers are create registers that's what we were doing at one stage at a school back when i was in in, in johannesburg have meetings with them know who the learners are coming in and going out of the school bringing the kids to school early in the morning also poses a danger because you don't know what's in there when your child needs to be fetched early from school inform the school say my this person is coming this is the id number this is the vehicle this is the registration know who they are because anybody can take your child and you know you need to make a distinction when it comes to child abduction is this going is this is this human trafficking is it a family issue where the father or uncle has kidnapped the child mm-hmm. or has is has the child just run away uh, what what is going on so, so it's a multifactorial or has the child been kidnapped for muti yeah. these are very very important things because Various i've heard issues. these cases yeah. if you ask me as a journalist for the last 30 years how many stories have i written on child abduction i haven't written a single one but there's been stories of children who had gone missing and they were found dead because of muti killings mm. so so those those are very yeah. very important no interesting points they're coming through all on the discussion today i want to open up the phone lines now i really want to hear from you give you the opportunity to speak have you had any um case as a as a community member as a parent where uh, there's been an incident like this in your in in your neighborhood in your school your thoughts your solutions and ultimately who should be held accountable how do you go about you know taking a precaution before you even you know come to a point where you have a problem 0893108789 you can whatsapp us as as well 0716137803 we'll take all of your thoughts into account news break talk with me tarish let's go to the phone lines now we are taking your calls the views and opinions expressed on news break talk do not represent those of sabc news or lotus fm let's start with selvin hello selvin tarish good afternoon tarish believe you me I said I want to listen today and not call in. But your calls, your your talks were so important, and uh, you know I was so addicted to call. And thanks to your your guest there, everything they said is so true. And I personally had an incident two weeks back, and I even sent that WhatsApp right now to Lotus. A little black boy, well dressed, at ten o'clock in the morning, I asked him, "What you doing in the road with your school uniform? You're supposed to be at school." He said he's waiting for his sister. I said, "Which school do you go to?" He said, "Claremont." I said, but this is Reservoir Hills. What are you doing here? He said, no, it's just in Ahsoka. I said, fine, no problem. I got another black uh, male standing nearby to come in there as a witness. I said, I'm taking this boy to his 
to the police. The police must take him to his school. Yeah. Selvin, I just want to caution you then. Let's. I think we can just talk about them in their individual capacity and not make any racial references. That would be most All right, a little child. Yeah. Sorry, pardon me, Kares. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. A little, a little learner. So what I'm basically saying, I quickly phoned the police station and they came up. What I'm wondering about is, uh, the solution is, regardless of race, color, or creed, a little child was in the road yeah. and it was my duty to assist, which I did. Mm, mm. So I'm saying everybody else must do this, regardless of whose child it is. And I'm so proud that I've done that because I don't know whether this child was about to be kidnapped or yeah, somebody was yeah. rearing him on. And I just did this. So if every individual, like I think your guest spoke about the taxis bringing the children, take the phone numbers down. It's so important. And I Absolutely. have grandchildren. Yeah. And the other clips I sent through to you, uh, Taresh, about yeah. little children going to uh, restaurants and the parents are busy eating. Yeah. And this one journalist went and he showed the parent how he will take the child away without them knowing by taking a little puppy. Mm. So I just want to say all this on air yeah. so people are aware. And once again, Taresh, thanks for the awareness for the community. God bless you. We appreciate your call, Selvin. Thanks so much for that. We've got Keegan Naidu on the line. Hello, Keegan. Hello, sir. Hi, go ahead. Uh, it's not Keegan, it's Chicken Naidu. Okay, yes, sir. Go ahead. Chicken. I, I just want to, uh, from my observation of how people take care and, and the children that are... The biggest problem I see from my side is that the parents are walking far ahead of the children and yeah. the kids are walking behind the parents. Mm. They should make it their duty to always have the kids in front of them. That's all I've got to say. Appreciate you. your point. It's very important. Thanks so much there, Mr. Naidu. We've got Mr. Louis Pillay on the line. Hello, Mr. Pillay. Uh, good afternoon to you and good afternoon to your guests. I want my sentiments go to the last speaker. I think crime and theft is a huge scare in South Africa. People are actually frightened. Human trafficking is on the list now. In every 30 seconds in South Africa, a child has been kidnapped. Now, if you look at the age gap between 4 to 12, 16 to 22, they are take, taken away. And if you look at them, most of them are going to Thailand, China, and Japan. But if you look at it, most of them don't make it. 95% do not return home. 75% of them are dead. They are put into a 40-foot container at 120 to 150 into one container. And they don't make it only with a bottle of water. But if you look at South Africa on our own, it's scary in schools. Now, when you talk about the SAP line, the, all the SAPs don't work together. They don't know the rules of it. But if you take the pink lady, missing person, now they say they've got to wait for 24 hours. But according to your SAP steps, they must report it immediately. I made sure but, I asked that question there, Mr. Pillay, because I think there's that, yeah. that issue going around whether you wait 24 hours. I think we can confirm it as per police. You don't wait 24 hours. You report a missing yes, person immediately. But, yeah, but then that all that got to be reported to all the stations. But if you look at Spark School in, in Kauteng, they have a pass-out system, a blue card, where the educator escorts the child to the taxi and then the child leaves. Now, if you look at it, the educators must play their part in allowing this mm. to happen. Mm. Mm. Appreciate okay, your call, Mr. Pillay. Thanks yeah. so much. Thanks okay. Thank you for calling. We've got Scully on the line. Hello, Scully. Hello, Teresh. Yes, Scully. Thank you for this uh, uh, important topic, man. Mm. You know, the, the main thing is education. And, and, and through you now, through you guys, media, uh, because there's a lot of parents are not aware of this, you know. I was not going to call. I was same like Selvin, you know. Yeah. But I had to, man, you know. Uh, I want Selvin to please follow up the story about what he told us, and and let's hear the tale then next time. Um, every school, every school should have a register of uh, the transportation of the driver of the transport, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know, like how they have the the addresses of the children. So uh, would that. Uh, like it must be a known thing, you know, who's transporting and who's growing. The awareness is going to come through you people, man. I thank you ever so much, man. Scully, we appreciate you know? your call. Thanks so much for uh, 
contributing to our conversation today. Okay, you can keep calling and let us know some of the initiatives in place that you employ with your uh, family. Do you know the numbers and contact details and times and arrangements of, of um, I think, every every aspect of your child's journey to and from school or even to extracurricular activity? I think we also can identify and understand that we live in, a, in an era where I think both parents have to work and... Um, you know, that is how to go about, um, you know, earning a, no a noble living. But how then do you manage your child even in your absence? I'd love to hear from you. So to our panel then, and we're very fortunate to be joined in studio today by Tamin Tambani from the Amgeni Community Crisis Centre and Mohamed Ismail, from, he's the General Secretary of the Mabel, Mabel CPF. Gentlemen, your thoughts on the calls coming through? I think uh, a very interesting one came through there. Mohamed was the point of um, having your child walk in front of you begs the question then how should parents you know come up with a rather how should parents have a mindset that my child is never safe so i constantly have to keep an eye on, on my child paranoia is a is a deadly thing yeah you know uh we should we should firstly i think teach ourselves not to be paranoid and and, and then educate ourselves on on what are the dangers of strangers what do you do when you're in in uh, in a mall when you're traveling or if you're stopping at a uh, at a garage while you're driving on a long distance your children need to be educated around these things yeah. here you need to make them aware like uh, you know if i could just use a personal example with my son for, exa uh, yes, for, yes. for example and i keep on telling him i say listen my boy you need to know what's happening around you mm. and he sees look my dad is doing this my dad is involved in the cpf i'm not saying look everybody must be involved in cpf in that, but it's good to be to activate yourself as an active citizen become an active citizen yeah. to make a difference in your community because if you don't do that we're going to always be paranoid we're going to always be complacent so those are the two things we need to break away from is paranoia complacency and the third thing is misinformation very very important that so educate the children around this year and what are tips to do that to tell to, to teach a child how do you manage yourself in public if we go to the mall what do you do if you're at school what do you do yeah you see, there's, there's various factors if yeah. a school has a program that that teaches the children when it comes to stranger stranger danger for example something that we're going to be talking about at uh, one of the primary schools uh, tomorrow morning uh if you see somebody grabbing you scream you've got a voice scream scream loudly let the people around you know that something is happening scream as loud as you can do not be afraid to scream because that is the first deterrent and if the children are a little bit uh, you know small give them a whistle Keep a whistle, mm. blow the whistle to know that something is going on. In a public place, always scream. Even if you, if you think the area is quiet, always scream. Children need to be taught to be alert. Parents themselves don't know how to be alert. So if a parent, if a parent knows that, you know, I, can, I gave you an example earlier, you know, two people sitting under a tree. And uh, are they suspects or are they not suspects? And if you're driving past and if you look at the guys and they wave at you and greet, you're then necessarily not suspects. But when you driving past and you look at those two people who are looking at you and they look away hiding their faces covering their faces with a hand those are immediate suspects so you need to raise an awareness around that have contact phone numbers emergency numbers you know, have uh, you know try, try and triangulate so if, if a child maybe goes missing in let's say in a mall know the last point of entrance get the security guy you know know tell ask people around you hey have you seen this have you seen no other person is wearing another thing um you know the thing I know. Interestingly, sorry. Yeah. Interestingly enough, um, the issue of code words come up. Mm. You know, you as a family create a password and a code word, and if the person I'm interact, the child is interacting with, does not know this, then that is a red flag. And I know, and I was told this works specifically well in schools. If somebody comes to collect my child, if they don't know the password, then my child is not allowed to leave with them. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. It's something I forgot about. Thank you for, for mm. so, so, sort of activating that again. You know, those work, sometimes the kids are a little bit young and they tend to forget those, those kind of things. But going back, when a child has to be fetched early from school, it will be noted. You're going to notify the school because the schools must have a system. Anybody coming to fetch a child, your child cannot just be let out of a school. Because if a school is allowing that, the school must be held responsible. Yeah. Because uh, I can tomorrow send somebody to my son's school and say, I'm going to fetch, uh, you know, go and fetch him. Right. Pro program is in place. Any any suspect, now if you're going back to, to child trafficking or human trafficking, the, the danger there is somebody might have been watching the child for a long time. Mm. And saying, this child is good enough for me to, to take. So they then 
do reconnaissance and they look and then suddenly they say, oh, I'm the uncle. I came to fetch it. I don't have confirmed cases, but this we are speculating can happen, has happened and probably will happen. So when you go and fetch the child, there should be a register. Uh, the principal or the, the, the secretary of the school or the teacher will phone the parent to verify. Did you send somebody? Mm. The parent says, yes, okay, I have. Yeah. It's fine. Not an issue. Then, you, you know, you, you, you're okay. But again, for me, there is no fail safe. Mm. Um, uh, what you, everything is dangerous. I, I, yeah. When it comes to children's safety, for me, everybody's a suspect. Absolutely. I really, really don't, don't, don't let anybody. I think we also it. need to spend some time talking there about uh, some security, you know, partnerships. I mean, we did have we, we did have an interview with um, the uh, Etiquini Secure about the initiatives they've got on scholar patrols, taking this particular heightened time into account. But Tommy, I want to talk to you about um, this th- this um, issue that was raised by police about. Um, encouraging your children, whether they're young, adolescent, teenage, to move in groups, to walk through in groups, because it's you know easy to um, kidnap or abduct somebody when they're alone and susceptible. You know, your thoughts on that? And is it even something that's possible to, to, to create? Yes, definitely. There's always uh, strength in numbers. Uh, if uh, one per- it's easy to steal one person, it's not easy to steal a group of people. Uh, if if something happens to one person, one person can always report. One person can always another person can always scream or say something. So I really advise uh, kids to move in groups and never move alone. Yeah. And also to speak the truth. You know, uh, young people have this tendency of saying we're going to this place when they're going to another place. So when they get lost, no one knows where to look. So definitely walking yeah. in groups. They're very naive, though. I mean, you know, yes. um, I mean, it comes back to the issue of of Miguel, and we we all saw that video, and mm. and and. and one you know assumes that a young child you know say five six years old uh, even up to you know just teenage um very i mean i won't say impressionable but very easily um controlled Mm. and when you have an a senior person an elder of authority possibly forcing the issue possibly even using force sometimes you know how then do you encourage a child to um you know be mindful be strong to say you are not my parent you are not my family you know as muhammad explained scream in that space how do you encourage that child to do that because it seems like a bit of a task children are innocent and also very gentle yes uh, uh firstly i just think it's very important that we must be careful who we befriend as parents. And uh, we must be careful who we introduce our children to. Because sometimes you, you, just, you just keep introducing your child to another friend and another friend and another friend. And your child will see you as a very social person and she, he, will, he or she will not see the reason to fear anybody. Yeah. So as much as if, let's say you're a social person and there's always people and you're always friends with people and there's always people coming to the house, make sure you tell your child all the time that, not everyone is safe. Not ev- not everyone is, um, uh, well, everyone, someone can be a suspect, so not everyone is a good person. Yeah, so no, I think that's an important point, the issue of, you know, the so- socialization then of a family. If you know a lot of people, you almost create a sense of where your child says, oh, everybody's family, but yeah. such is an important point to raise. I think that's a good point. Tell me, but you're also concerned about social media and the use of this in terms of, um, you know, potentially identifying, uh, you know, legible suspects and you were saying that it's not advisable to put pictures of your child on social media but it's social media isn't it you celebrate your life there Mm. why not celebrate your child's birthday on social media well we need to be aware that um there's the web uh, there's the internet which is just the normal the ordinary web that we all on and then there's a dark web yeah where all the bad guys and all the traffickers operate and uh there's i bet you all of us here there's a lot of uh, fake accounts. We are friends with people who are just not who we think we are. So there's a lot of fake accounts out there. And I've seen this with parents. They, they put up pictures of way too much pictures of their children, way too many. And also you'll see this uh, first day of school and they'll show the kid with school badge and a school bag and everything. So the traffickers already know. It's where easy the, then to identify which school yes, this child which is school, going to. which school goes to. And, you know, as, as parents, we're proud of our kids and we like to show off. Now my, my, my child is doing swimming classes at this place and this place and this place. And we even use that, that checked in feature on, on, yeah. on Facebook, like checked in this place, checked in that place. Social media is very dangerous. Not everyone who's there 
is who they are you know yeah. because i mean i mean shifting away from that i think that point is well taken in terms of you know um identifying your child and identifying the whereabouts of your child um another thing that came through and this is why the department of education has called for calm um was some hoax messages on social media Mm. And I think that's also creating the hysteria and the panic. Your thoughts on how to verify reports. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we, as a team here at Newsbreak Talk, decided to actually get out into the community and investigate for ourselves, and not rely on what was just being spewed out on social media in terms of identifying if there's a problem or not. Talk to me about the dangers of going by these social media reports. Yeah, it 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 frustrates the the, the law enforcers. It frustrates the SAPS and the hawks and. Because people just, uh, sometimes they make things up. They put someone's face and say, hey, this man steals people, steals children, and things go viral, and people get misinformed. Why is that dangerous? Because when we get misinformation, the real trafficking cases will go unseen. So I think, well, it's very difficult to see and to tell which one, um, which message you get from a WhatsApp or from a Facebook, if it's real or not. But it's always advisable to to look into it because the more we spread wrong information, the more difficult it is for the law enforcers. Yeah. Well, two issues I want to focus on when we come back, and that is the issue of how to uh, safely and effectively manage your Lift Club um, facility, the best way to do that. And I also want to spend some time talking about partnerships that can be uh, introduced in and around the school with governing bodies, with other security companies in the area to ensure that everybody makes the space around the school a safer haven. It's Newsbreak Talk with me, Tarish, but I'd also really want to hear from you. Call me on 089-310-8789. Some of the tips, suggestions and plans going forward to make children more safe in the various spaces that they are in. Okay, so it's Newsbreak Talk and I'm Tarish and we are talking to our, um, I think our safety experts, let's call them safety experts, Muhammad Ismail and Tami and Tambani. Muhammad, um, we were talking about um, the aspect of managing um, lift clubs better because that was that seemed to be an issue about, um, you know, do parents, and I think the principal from the Asagai Primary told us that they were receiving reports about, um, you know, the, 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 the scholar transport, um, you know, would have would instruct pupils to meet at a space, wait for a bit, get in, and then drop them off at a space as well. Um, not the best way to manage the system, is it? It's complicated when it comes to transporting children because you must know, you know, one taxi might be taking 20 kids from maybe three or four different schools and the guy's rushing. Uh, the schools themselves don't have the money to buy their own dedicated school bus. If we had the funds to buy our own dedicated school bus, you'd eliminate the problem immediately. But in terms of uh, creating, you, you, the school needs to have a safe pickup and drop-off point where you need to create that environment. All right? The parents need to know, obviously, who the taxi driver is. Make a copy of his ID. Make a copy of his driver's license. The school needs to create a register of all the learners who are going into or boarding that taxi. You need to create in the same register the drop-off point, the exact drop-off point of the children and what time are the children expected to be dropped off or picked up for school. Coming earlier to school does not solve your, does not solve your problem. Uh, I had cases where, you know, with my, you know, the school governing body really needs to activate these programs. It's very, very important. It's no use just having a school governing body in name. You need to have them in action also. Yeah. And then those school governing bodies need to create partnerships with the community police forum and find out who your, again, like I'm going to repeat that, who your dedicated SAPS officer is. So in any eventuality, it's going to be taken care of. I had kids at a school, four o'clock, five o'clock in the evening where they were not collected. So we as SGB initiated, I sent out a newsletter to say, parents, if you do not collect your child, we're going to take your child to the police station. We're going yeah. to register the child for safekeeping. Yeah. We can't remain in the school. And you as a parent, I'm going to charge you as a chairperson of an SGB for neglect. Yeah. That's the stance I took. Right. I mean, I'll cite two examples on that. Again, to the Asgai um, primary school principal there, Odette Abrahams, and she said they've they've really... Uh, after the three incidents they've had, they've changed their way of management. Children are, um, you know, in a specific space in the school waiting for the lift club. They uh, want to install cameras now. They've gone to the local police. They're getting some sort of patrol. They've partnered with local security. We spoke to Asad Patel. He's from Itaquini Secure. I think you also... My colleague, yes. Yeah, uh, representing the it, it, it broader Itaquini uh, CPF as well. They've got scholar patrol now at the, um, you know, um, start of school, at the end of school. Can be done. Absolutely, it can yeah. be achieved. Again, it's community participation. That's why we're going to start a campaign to get communities actively 
involved with campaigns. So let's go back to active citizenry. If you're going to be an active citizen, if you're going to be an active community participant, mm. you can... You, a problem is never going to be 100% gone or eliminated, but you can address it effectively to keep things under yeah. control. And you can get in, in touch with it because I, um, my producer is telling me that the uh, initiative there by Asad Patel from Itakwini was, it's actually a parent patrol. So parents yes. who are concerned about the general well-being of the community, they are part of that patrol. Absolutely. Again, I go back to SGB involvement where my safety and security team, these guys were there doing safety and we had to register say any 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 uh parent who's available during the time when school is uh you know school, school comes out please go and do an inspection for us uh stand at the scholar patrol because i didn't like the kids standing on scholar patrol because it was it was dangerous traffic is a, is, is an issue anyway yeah. you know kids can get bumped and taxis will drive over you i had a kid that was bumped you know those kind of things so we need adults over there and th th there are many people who also maybe maybe run their own businesses many people who work from home some of there are even those who are unemployed you know volunteer your time go to the schools try and keep it safe alertness the, yeah. the more you, you 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 create a program of alertness and awareness and we are out there and we are watching you find that the criminals dissipate now the unfortunate part is they'll go to areas that are quiet and they yeah. will then ply their trade there yeah common criminals will do that but it's i think it's important then to um to you know create that process as much as you can so you leave the room for uh, attack quite small but tell me interesting points coming through but i want to go on the flip side of this now and give a deferring point to it uh, and to exactly what muhammad is saying schools will then tell you well we're under resourced there's not enough funds and these are legitimate concerns we've canvassed it and we've researched them we don't have enough funds we don't have enough resources um i've got so much of work to do my class numbers are getting bigger my paperwork is getting greater so it's that constant debate about do schools have enough resources to um, you know, start projects like this? Your thoughts on that? Well, I think sometimes it's not really about the money. It's, it's about uh, the initiative and it's about an idea. And uh, uh, earlier, and a caller called Scully actually mm. was talking a lot about transport issues. And I just think we can initiate uh, some kind of mechanisms. Let's say every driver has to sign a certain register at school. Every time they come pick up kids or they drop off kids, they sign somewhere. Like how you'd sign at a at a security gate you know so we can tell who we can see the pattern who picks up kids late and who pick up who does whatsoever and then deal with that issue mm. yeah. and i know uh the the it it points to an issue and, and at this stage let's not create the hysteria there's no confirmed you know cases of child trafficking that we've been reporting on you know in terms of this talk show specifically but that's a threat, and that's something that you guys deal with a lot. You know, help me understand the nature of child trafficking. What really is this? Because you hear it, and it sounds like a big global movement. It sounds like a, you know, like a, a macro campaign. But what actually happens to these children? What is the impact of child trafficking? Oh, it is, it is so highly organized, unfortunately. And that means there's a lot of money put behind it. And there's a lot of people it's a it's a global network actually kids get either stolen for for body parts uh or for for multi or for for child porn there's a very high high demand now and high market for child porn which is which is just so hectic in the world okay. so people can get stolen from that people buy kids for all sorts of reasons we know last year there was a, a, a parents who sold their own child on, on gumtree just to show you that there is market for this so people, they just use for a whole lot of different things. And obviously, sometimes it's, it's just a matter of family matters and family issues and, and partners trying to get back at each other and stealing kids. But even for, for, for things like um, for child labor, yeah. you know, like in our very own continent, in some yeah. countries, there's some places where kids, four-year-olds are working in the mines and yeah. they're... And I'm sure any child is susceptible, right? But yes. I want to I, I want to ask, and I know there's such little um, statistics with regard to this, but is there a way to keep your child safeguarded from being trafficked? Well, we cannot um, guarantee that, but you can definitely do your best by being vigilant, by educating your child, by educating yourself as a parent, and just by being wary and being aware. And as much as there's a lot of paranoia and speculations, but it is real. And I always say, rather be wrong than be right. I mean, rather be right, yeah, the other way around. But be be very vigilant all the time. Rather yeah. someone says you're speculating. Yeah. You know. 
can never be too sure with each other. Yeah. Selvin sent us a WhatsApp. He sent us a, a picture of the learner that he was talking about that was on his road. Thanks, Selvin, for, I think... Um, Exactly that, Mohammed. Being that active citizen, seeing a seeing a challenge and then trying to step in. Thanks for sending us that. Yeah, well done Important. to Selvin there. Yes. I think that's that's a great lesson many can learn for. Thanks for that picture, Selvin. But let's go to Mrs. Sheikh on the line. Hello, Mrs. Sheikh. Hello. Good topic. Mm. I just want to say this happened years back. Yeah. Uh, I was hanging those and and the next minute when I turned back, I see this fat lady got this child wrapped on her, just like. And when I asked her, where are you taking him and going? She said, no, I'm going to cut his hair and I'm going to make him look after the sheep and the goats. I mean, the cows and the goats. And what did and you do? And you know, she was shocked and mm. she just left him like. Yeah. And, and if, if that time, if I didn't see, that guy should have been about 29 years old now. Yeah. And, the what, and what, what did you do? For me? Yeah. I was just shocked and I, I couldn't, you know, say anything like. Yeah. But in the evening when the persons came, I told them what happened, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that's, that's why I say this was a long time ago, too. Yeah, these are the risks. Mr. Sheikh, thanks so much. I think there you go. You know, this is how, this is how close and how infiltrated it is. But uh, tell me, I mean, I, I think it's time to wrap up our conversation now. And, and I think you want to take this awareness forward and you want to, um, you know, get society involved. I know you've got some high profile... Um, Guests, I think, joining you for an anti-child trafficking walk coming up soon. Tell us about that. Oh yes, um, we've been uh, we've been very fortunate that we've been uh, raising this awareness for a very long time since two thousand and three, uh, and we started our walk called the the anti-human trafficking uh, the stop human trafficking awareness walk, which is five kilometers, mm. well slash t- ten kilometers if you want to run. And this is the fifth one. And the purpose of it is to raise awareness, to raise as much as awareness as possible. And the second purpose is also to raise funds, you know, to raise funds to continue with the awareness, also to uh, to work on, uh, we're raising funds for a, for a crisis center for yeah. victims of domestic violence and trafficking victims. And this this year, just last year, we were supported by Councillor Fozia Pierre, our mm. deputy mayor. And I just want to say she is a darling. And yeah. she is so supportive when it comes to these matters. She'll be joining us again this year. And uh, also people like uh, Griselda Krotboom, uh, who is a, a, a human trafficking survivor. Her, sto- yeah. her story is yeah. very gory, but it turned out victorious. And now she's an activist. Also have people like Bryce Moon and um, uh, soccer stars, uh, Darren yeah. Barkley, Dave so Guselli. Just everybody coming together to yes, raise awareness with that. Well, I think that's something we'll be keeping track of, Tommy. But, Mohammed, as, as we you know end our discussion now, I think... What's clear, and even though we've went through the entire issue here in the hour, what's clear is that parents seem concerned about the safety of their children. You know, what's the golden tip that you could give them? Don't be paranoid. Learn. Create programs in your house, starting inside your household. Yeah. Make your children alert. Let them know, you know, if your children has a, if your child has a cell phone, for example, Make sure that they're not walking around with a cell phone visibly outside of school because there's always a criminal lurking around somewhere, whether he has spotted you, whether or not. Sometimes it's just a random act of crime where your child gets stopped. No important numbers. For example, like the human trafficking uh, hotline, 0800 222 Know that. Uh, if I may give you the Atequini Secure number for our guys because we've mm. got a wide ranging. It's sure. 072-291-1911. So these numbers, keep it at hand. Phone the guys immediately. Phone, phone human trafficking if you think something happened. Phone the Etiquini Secure number. Say, guys, we've got this. We've got this problem. Who can help? Because there's a wide network of people. And as parents, go back to the schools. Ask your SGBs. And really, please go and ask your SGBs. What are they? They doing with the safety and security committee? What are they doing? Get them to activate it if nothing is happening, because there is where the safety of the school or the learners is going to start. Go back there, parents, and ask them. I think that's just sound advice coming through from both you gentlemen. Thanks so much for that. We've had Tami Tabani from the Amgeni Community Crisis Centre and Mohamed Ismail from the Mabel CPF. Gentlemen, thanks for your time. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. See you on the 6th yeah, of we'll October. See you, we'll <laughs> see you on the 6th. Cool. Well, there you go. We'll have to wrap up our broadcast now. And it came your way courtesy of the team executive producer Selma Patel, Rachel Vadi and Tashlin Naidu. Team's back again 6 to 7. They'll keep you updated. From me, Tadesh, hey, have an awesome day.